You're listening to Sibling Talk with Mary Jo Tumare and John Paulette. Commentary from a progressive point of view. Hello, I'm John Paulette. And I'm Mary Jo Tumare. Mary, let me give you something and see if you can figure out how even Donald Trump could screw this up. You've got a plan. What it does is take children who were brought here by their parents. Now, the parents were undocumented, but they brought here when they were small children. In almost every case, this is the only country they've known. They have not committed felonies. They are working, and they have the opportunity to get a work permit. Hear me, not citizenship, a work permit. Every study shows increases their wages uh, and their mental health. The program is working well. It affects probably about 800,000 uh, young people who are, are they're, they're not here because they chose to be here. Their parents did, but it's the country they've come to know, and they are contributing to American society. And so with all of this, you, Donald Trump, you cancel. You're opposed to. How could even he screw this one up? So wasn't it so interesting that um, the Supreme Court, we've, now we've talked about the Supreme Court so much over the last couple months, you know, they're needle threaders, right? They I mean, are. that's what lawyers are, hair splitters, as you said. So the decision wasn't, and Roberts wrote the decision, it wasn't that Trump didn't have the authority to cancel the program. He did. It's just the way he did it. So in other words, Obama gave the DACA, the Dreamers, uh, status so that they could work through an executive order. All Trump would have had to do was issue his own executive order that says, no, they don't have any status and they can't work. And that would have been that. But instead, as in a very Trumpian way, he does this backhanded thing and Session does his administrative thing. I think that Trump never wanted to cancel DACA. I think he knows that it's political poison. Now he's got Stephen Miller and um, what's the other guy, the other hardliner, Cuccinelli. Yeah. Immigration hardliners. And they think it's an abomination that you would let these, they're not kids anymore. Actually, most yeah. of them are, some of our doctors, and, yeah. you know, they're all on the lines of everything. Very accomplished people, a lot of them. Um, I think they pushed him there. And you remember even Trump early on had it as a bargaining chip when remember they were talking about immigration right. really early. Yeah. It was a bargaining chip for the wall. Yeah. So, you know, when Trump was even being more normal, you know, like the only days that he was normal, I could see where it could be a political bargaining chip. But in the end of the day, they chose to do it the way they did. And it's interesting. I thought he might take a swipe at Sessions today because it was really Sessions who was the 
I didn't remember this, but I heard it this morning, was kind of the architect of the plan to do it through an administrative action through the Department of Justice. And that's ultimately what the court said was not okay. Well, and I, you know, I'm imputing a motive here. I get this. Maybe I'll get it wrong. But built into that uh, whole kind of, you're right, overly constructed thing was to show that Obama had done it wrong, that that was the problem. Because I kind of felt that from Trump. This problem program's probably okay, but Obama did it wrong. Am I, am I reading that wrong? Oh, that could be true because, you know, one thing conservatives hated about Obama is that he did so many things by executive order. Well, he didn't do that the first two years of his two terms. He did that after he lost Congress in the midterms, and then it was clear nothing was ever going to get passed. He was like, I have no choice. Remember, he said, I have a pen. Mm-hmm. And um, so the conservatives hated that. I mean, that was a refrain on Fox News, you know, governing by executive order. And that was a little bit one of Trump's things about Obama, yep. too. I'd kind of forgotten that. So going back to the beginning of the Trump administration, you know, that makes sense where he would say, well, I'm not going to rule by executive order and Congress should do something. And which the court is saying too, Congress could fix this, but the Mm -hmm. way you can't fix it is through the administrative agency. Well, and I really think, and I I think Bolton's book that we've sworn not to read, but we keep talking about. uh, (laughs) And we are fascinated by. Yeah, are fascinated by. But I think it bears some of, uh, of this out. If Stephen Miller, Cuccinelli, Jeff Sessions, they all want to do this thing, which you're right. Trump had been tentative about. He was willing to trade that. Uh, They want to do this thing, but they lay it in front of him and say, Mr. President, this will show how wrong Barack Obama was in the way he did things with executive executive orders. I think that would have been irresistible Mm -hmm. for Donald Trump. Anything that can show that Barack Obama was wrong, man, he'd be right on that. I didn't realize, and it's like just another tidbit of, from the Bolton book, that besides Obama, and we know how much he hated Obama, that he also would rant and rave about the two George Bushes. Uh-huh. Really? I've not seen that yet. Yeah, I That's don't know amazing. where. Yeah, so, I mean, it's as if he, the world started the day he was elected president. Yep. And everything that went before him was bad and wrong, and everything since has been good and wonderful. That's a very interesting kind of Trumpian way to view the world. But, you know, (laughs) talk about the Bolton, I cannot imagine how insane Trump is right now, Mm -hmm. because it goes to all the things that really get him, that he's stupid, that he's incompetent, that he's indecisive. That he's weak. That he's weak and that people are laughing about him behind his back. Yeah. That he, even me, again, I sometimes feel sorry for the guy because I'm a human being. And I think to myself, he must be just, it must be tearing him up to see what's in that book. Because it's everything he has. I want to come back to that in the book in a minute. But I have one more thought on DACA. DACA much like the Affordable Care Act, 
was actually a very Republican-looking bill or an idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it did not open the doors on immigration. It did not give a path to citizenship. It stressed you play hard or you work hard, you play by the rules, you do all those things, and you can work your way into being part of our economy. And just like the ACA was really the Republican approach to uh, health care, I think DACA was the Republican approach philosophically to immigration. And that was something like Obama to try and use those to try and hit that middle of the ground. But it also, I think, points out to us how Trump and the extreme conservative uh part of the party right now, not even really conservatives, but you know the part I mean, that they no longer follow what would be in any way standard Republican viewpoints. Yeah, because they're not conservatives. No. I mean, anybody who's followed American politics or who leans conservative or has been attracted to conservative ideas would recognize the way they view the world. The other part about today that was so interesting is this is of the second decision that's come down from the Supreme Court from this term. Both times the decision has leaned toward, it's not even conservative or liberal, but the the way the liberals want to see the world. Someone like me is like, oh my God, all is right with the world. We're starting to get normal decisions on the Supreme Court. Not what we had feared. Forget the four that were on the conservative side, but Justice Roberts, who is intent on saving the integrity of the institution of the court has now again, as in the affordable care act decision come down on the side of you can do stuff, but you got to do it right. And I think that's a very interesting decision. What there are so many big decisions to come and what does that signal for those decisions? And a final thought on that is, Trump already is saying, you need to reelect me unless you want the court to go the other way. Now, we know Roberts is not reliable. We need another seat. Yeah. And You're that exactly. was predictable, I think, for his, for the politicization of the court. Um, and, and will be more so if any of those other decisions go the way it's suspected that they may i i mean i just who knows today when i turn that on i'm like oh you gotta yeah. be kidding me yeah Zaka. And, you know none of us can ever read the minds of uh uh of the supreme court justices except maybe clarence thomas which is not that hard to read but <laughs> or alito <laughs> or alito that's exactly right but if i'm understanding you right you think roberts is the key yeah i mean in a weird way he's become the swing vote he's not a liberal no he's never going to look at the world that way but he is going to hold government to account meaning if you're going to change the rules you better do it according to the rules if you're going to change the law you better change it according to laws so he's going to he's an institutionalist and he's forcing both congress and the executive to follow the norms of the government. And I, I mean, it'll be interesting because if that had gone the other way, right? If Trump had just done that by executive order, 
DACA would be done today. Yep. And he said that basically in the decision. That's so interesting. And, it, you know, what you're saying is exactly right and very insightful. And it's just, it, I don't know the word, it's not ironic. It just stands out today that here we have Justice Roberts, the court, saying you're going to play by the rules at a time that we find out even more from the Bolton book that Donald Trump does not play by even the most basic rules. Uh, you know, you don't have to be taught that you're not going to involve China in the election in the United States. Right. Who has to tell you that? And yeah. it's interesting. I think one of the interesting um, things that's come out of the Bolton book is that Bolton calls Barr and says, you know, we've got significant obstruction of justice going on in the White House mm -hmm. and Barr does nothing. And that's his job. That's a criminal referral for all intents and purposes. I get that you can't indict the president. Yeah. But it is one of the, there are a lot of people, as we always say, that are going to end this administration with shit all over them. None more than Bill Barr. No, no. Pompeo, maybe. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know what, as I heard the stories uh, about what Trump did there, my mind went back to a Seinfeld episode, and I think I can rec recreate this for you. Uh, George is in office in a company, and he has sex on his desk with, I think, a cleaning woman. I don't know if this rings a bell. And uh, it comes to light, and he's brought into the boss's office. And I always remember George, with great sincerity, says, was that wrong? Because I don't think I was told that that was wrong. And I would <laughs> certainly never have done anything like that if something had been said to me ahead of time. And as you might imagine, the brilliant Jason Alexander just delivers this great, I wish there was some way to do a mashup uh, that we could see Donald Trump say, I'm sorry, was that wrong? Because <laughs> I... It, had I been told that, that might have made a difference. Exactly. As you know, as we've talked about before in my career, and people would say, well, we didn't have a policy. It's like, you need a written policy you, to tell you that you can't have sex the on a desk. Exactly. Or not to use the N word. Do I have to write that down in a policy? Because <laughs> yeah. if I do, the policy manual is going to be 300 pages long. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we better go write our policy manual. Now. <laughs> exactly. Talk to you soon. Uh, bye.